0: could have launched lion's mane chaga ashwagandha just in powder form but I didn't I didn't like that because as, as the customer I always just wanted everything all in one take it once a day twice a day whatever you prefer but you're not you're not sat there stacking 10 different ingredients so like I said I was really marketing like a feeling rather than an ingredient list and we kind of say focus energy calm is what I've always said is like the primary pillars of rainbow dust
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Wellness Marketing Podcast. This episode is with the incredible guest, Matthew Kelly, who is the founder of Space Goods, which is a mushroom coffee brand. You will find out all about their insane success in such a short period of time in this episode. We also discussed more about the brand, their marketing strategy, functional mushrooms and why the trend is rising, the ingredients in their functional mushrooms and so much more about Matthew himself being the founder of this growing e-commerce brand. I know this episode has so much value in it so I cannot wait for you to listen. Matt, I really want you to tell me, for anyone who doesn't know, just a bit of a rundown as to what Space Goods is and yeah exactly what it is what you provide and when you started please
0: yeah i guess in a nutshell we're a mushroom brand um we sell a powdered mushroom supplement called rainbow dust primarily that's our hero skew and I guess broader than that, um, I call us the next generation wellness brand because my entire spiel with it was I'm trying to do something different because every brand looks looks and sounds the exact same. I think mushrooms are the next CBD is what I tend to say to people to help them understand it. I started the brand about 15 months ago, so still fairly new in the grand scheme of things. It feels a lot lot longer than that, but we launched the end of April 22. So pretty much bang on 15 months ago. And yeah, it's grown really quick. It's very stressful. Um, (laughs) It's been a lot of work but it's an interesting space and I I do sometimes wonder how I got into this because it's quite niche Um, but hopefully I'm trying to take it more mainstream.
1: Yeah I mean I wanted to ask how why did you go into the mushroom space because now it's becoming trendy. I don't know if you agree but now I'm seeing more and more mushrooms brand come but in the past year there was nothing. So what how did you find
0: it? Well, I, I've been a founder since I was like 19. So I used to a clothing brand then a jewellery business, then a neon light business, which went very wrong and basically ruined my mental health for about a year.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Then, ne- neon light? That, so you yeah, sold- I had a
0: brand called Neon Beach, which was probably okay. the biggest neon light brand on the internet during COVID. Um, okay. Grew, grew it way too quick and it went very wrong. Um, ended up having to sell that business to, to some investors that bailed me out of a bad situation. I've just got one in my room right now. Um, so yeah, I've always been into pink, which is probably why I've made a pink brand. But then off the back mm-hmm. of that, I had always been interested in nootropics broadly and you know different supplements to make me feel better, work better, whatever. But then I'd, I'd also always been interested in psychedelics and psilocybin. Obviously, they're not the same thing. And psilocybin is still a class A drug in most of the world. But my first vision was I want to build a DTC psilocybin business. But then I thought, well, okay, I can't do that just yet because it's illegal, mostly everywhere. But I think that will change. If that never changes, we can build the next fuel potentially. Um, But in here and now, I thought, well, mushrooms, functional mushrooms rather than magic mushrooms, I just saw them blowing up. And I think intuitively I knew that it was going to be the next big thing. I started working on the brand at the end of 2021. Yeah, there was a lot less brands around then, even when we launched a bit over a year ago a lot less competitive i feel like there's a lot of copycat brands now particularly in the uk um a lot more that are jumping on the trend i think i mean maybe it's just because i'm always googling mushroom stuff i get targeted by like i swear a new brand every day
1: that's how you got into the mushroom space because it came from your kind of wonder about psychedelics you're obviously interested in that side of mushrooms and then you thought how can you make this mainstream and bring it to a product that consumers can eat or drink every day right Hmm yeah
0: Yeah. exactly like the initial idea of the product was I wanted to create a legal imitation of a psychedelic microdose that's what I was thinking of it as but in other words it's mushroom coffee I guess which is way less exciting but also true um, and I just made the product for me I just I was stacking a bunch of these ingredients and I I couldn't find anything that was all in one that was another thing like a lot of brands were offering you know lion's mane by itself ashwagandha whatever I, I just like the idea of simplicity so I put it all in one made it look nice put it in pink packaging because everyone else was doing brown packaging. Pretty much every wellness brand on <laughs> Earth was either black, brown, or white. And they they still are. Um, so yeah, I just created this Rainbow Dust product, and people seem to like it. So Yeah.
1: No, definitely. And I absolutely... I love the branding because it stands out, and especially the names of all the products, like Space Goods, Rainbow Dust, Dream Dust. Where did you... Did you come up with all the names?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did. I mean, I just... I've always liked kind of this utopian futuristic aesthetic I guess and like the whole names the whole brand vibe is very aspirational and slightly tongue-in-cheek and a bit sarcastic with the way we market Um, but it also works really well and, and I just think why would I want to buy a product called mushroom coffee or you know something like that when I could buy a product called rainbow dust and I intentionally made it sound a bit dodgy because a lot of people I still think think it's illegal or like on the limit when actually it's not all it's just a supplement but yeah I think just okay. being creative with the name was yeah. important
1: yeah I think so too and definitely the branding because as you said a lot of brands right now are brown uh beige black white so I think it helps you stand out for sure and do you think it has helped you to reach do you think it appeals more to like a younger audience because of the colors and the branding or are you aiming towards like a wider audience or do you think
0: that has a well, yeah i mean I, I probably thought it'd be a younger audience when i launched it i wasn't really sure he would buy it but i mean our customer split is about 50 50 male female which was interesting um mm. but actually our, our main audience is like 25 to 45 so it's definitely not a young audience it's more a, i guess a, a young adult slash going into into middle age audience so yeah yeah it's, it's not like 18 year olds buying it i mean maybe that's because it's not very cheap it's certainly not mass market low price but it's also not super premium, so yeah it's a it's a, I think it's pretty mainstream and I guess I made the product to be potentially appealing to everyone in in some way or form because you know it's all in one it tastes nice it's not like a mushroom purist product there's a lot of brands that I think are a lot more alienating to people that don't know anything about mushrooms or supplements in general. Mm. It would probably be very confusing, whereas I really just made the product to market a feeling rather than an ingredient list that was how I thought about it so yeah. rather than we're selling lines, mate, it's more like we're selling coffee without the anxiety I guess is the most common way of putting it it just so happens to have these eight ingredients in it so
1: yeah but I think that's a great way to approach it because people want coffee without the anxiety right and that's the feeling they crave and that's what you're providing so I think that's the best way to go about it and it's yeah great that you're not um yeah, like segregating yourself, because I see a lot of mushroom brands as well, and they're talking about all the science behind the mushrooms, whereas the average consumer is not going to understand any of that language. Um, yeah. So you're taking it a, like a, a kind of like a, a simple approach where like everyone can get involved and it's for everyone. It's quite inclusive. So I like that. Yeah,
0: exactly. exactly.
1: Do you... Believe in like the future of mushrooms. Do you believe that they it's only going to rise like this trend in mushrooms? Because I've seen like you said, my algorithm is quite similar. I see a lot of mushroom brands mm. coming up, a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm mostly believe in psychedelics long term. That was why I got into the space, and then mm. mushrooms are the most prominent form of psychedelic. You know, magic mushroom psilocybin um i think yeah mushrooms functional mushrooms lion's mane chaga cordyceps etc all the shit that's in the product um is very trendy right now i i think i think that'll continue um i, I think it's like cbd 10 15 years ago you know it was originally it was people smoking weed in their mum's basement which was cannabis and then cbd was a form of that um without the thc or whatever i don't know the science behind cbd mm-hmm. as much but I kind of think it's like that with 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 functional mushrooms it's um you know mushrooms as a whole particularly magic mushrooms have become very popular in like culture I guess with like Netflix documentaries etc how to change your mind there's one with like Paul Stamets I've forgotten the name of all this stuff has come to the like mainstream media and off the back of that functional mushrooms and just mushrooms in general have become very hot i guess but i I do i do see it continuing to some extent Mm. but i guess it's just wellness more broadly has become really popular as well you know not just mushrooms but other ingredients like ashwagandha is really popular right now people are drinking less alcohol so they're looking for other things that can make them feel stimulated to some extent whether that's rainbow dust or any other product that offers a similar feeling um so yeah i think i think post pandemic as well people are just trying to but just more about wellness. You know, ice baths are really popular right now, for example. I got sent an ice bath by some brand the other day because apparently yes. I'm an influencer now. <laughs> I haven't used it yet.
1: Yeah, but that's great. But, I mean, except... Yeah,
0: I need to put it on my balcony. But <laughs> yeah, I just think people are giving more of a shit about their health and mushrooms is one part of that. But it's a very big movement, I guess.
1: For sure. And I'm yeah, I'm so I'm I'm really happy that it is becoming a trend because it is more of like the natural approach to wellness rather than just popping all of these supplements. It's like, OK, but you can actually go with plants and go with mushrooms and they can do so much rather than just like not knowing what you're putting in your body. Um, but yeah. it's really nice to know that I wasn't sure whether you just honestly, I wasn't sure whether you just jumped on the mushroom trend, but it's nice to know that you actually kind of started or like grew with the mushroom trend it wasn't just like oh yeah I see a trend and I'm going to jump on it it's comes from a place of okay but I, this actually helps me and I think it's going to benefit other people I think that's really important
0: yeah I mean I was it's hard to think back to when I had the idea to start it because na- now with all the context I have it's like, oh it was a great idea but at the time there was definitely yeah. barely anyone doing it or talking about it so yeah it's interesting I, it's yeah. hard to think back to why i actually decided to do this but i guess it was a yeah a mixture of factors i guess i I did see a trend coming but also i was using it myself
1: i want to talk a bit more about like the marketing side of things now and how you approached marketing space goods because obviously in terms of the branding and everything it's super different to like any other mushroom brand that i've seen especially in the uk and eu um so in terms of your like marketing strategy now you I see a lot of UGC and a lot of video based content is that the kind of approach you're taking by like showing real people using the products and um, if you can tell me a bit more about like the strategy you're taking online
0: yeah it's probably a really shit strategy that's very simple but we basically run Instagram ads you <laughs> know I mean, I've scaled multiple brands in the past primarily through Instagram um, we do a lot of UGC yeah we have like a, a content system that we've built which is very complicated, but essentially yeah just a lot of UGC a lot of working with creators a lot of trying new angles I mean some other ads are like really fancy edits with like I think there's this one video that's one of our best ads is like the guy dropping it on the table and it, a big puff of pink smoke and it turns into a drink and all this shit but generally it's pretty simple it's just educating people by showing people using the products and talking about different angles and then I think there's a natural like it works well with the algorithm i guess in general because it's pink and it's different and it stands out and it's naturally thumb stopping i guess to some extent people see it they hear about it it's different like we said but yeah honestly like it's a very simple focused marketing strategy it's been primarily instagram we've done a bit of tiktok haven't quite cracked that Mm -hmm. but intentionally very simple um and we we only really market rainbow dust as well because dream dust was our second product so i kind of rushed that in hindsight and we're actually redoing that right now so we're bringing out a version two in q4 so we don't actually actively spend money on marketing that product it sells organically because it's on the website etc but rainbow dust is very much our hero product and has been the focus since day one
1: okay probably sounds like
0: some mad intricate marketing strategy but it's really just a case of running ads and optimizing them
1: yeah i actually did hear that on your podcast recently i think it was the most recent one which was like what was it 10 10 lessons you've learned or something very
0: very clickbait. yeah 10 things i learned in the first year
1: yeah but it's not it, it's right. facts you did share 10 things you've learned in the past year and it was really mm. it, it was really good actually and you mentioned that um i think it was in that video anyway that it's basically running ads and experiment with experimenting with ads and different angles and stuff and I like the simple approach to it because I feel like a lot of brands, a lot of founders or marketers, they maybe look at Instagram or TikTok and get super overwhelmed and think, where the hell do I start? But it's a lot just about producing high quality content, right? And experimenting.
0: Yeah. I also think there's like so many channels these days, you know, we Mm -hmm. could run Snapchat ads, we could run Pinterest ads, we could run, I don't know, bloody Microsoft Bing ads, (laughs) but generally Instagram works the best. I mean, I, I would like to crack TikTok a bit more, but instagram is definitely our biggest lever so Mm -hmm. i just focus on that particularly for now because in the grand scheme of things we're absolutely tiny i've done pretty well in the first year in the uk but you know there's brands that are 100 times my size in like america so it's not like we've 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 exhausted instagram yet i mean we could probably 10x just in the uk i think so yeah yeah, i try and keep it simple but that's also because i've built brands in the past and i've overcomplicated things so with this business i try to keep everything as simple as possible it's probably already got a bit complicated like we've we've probably launched too many accessory products you know we've got a new new products on the way we have got a bunch of new products on the way actually but even then i'm thinking am i just doing too many things at once should should we just double down on rainbow dust powder arguably Mm -hmm. but there's always an element of testing and trying things so yeah basically just just winging it to be honest probably like (laughs) a lot of founders
1: yeah and I think that's really I mean for anyone listening who wants to check out your podcast it's Matthew Kelly right on YouTube yeah right
0: the midnight pod
1: the midnight pod yeah exactly and I appreciate how honest and open you are because when I was listening to it I was like oh yeah this guy's kind of he knows what he's doing obviously you've built brands before but it's also like a big test and I think that's really nice for people to hear to people to be like okay well if I test something and it doesn't work that's okay it's actually normal and that's what founders are going to go through.
0: Yeah, I think 90% of founder life is just chronic stress and working out the small things that work amongst a pile of stuff that doesn't really. And then mm-hmm. just doubling down and the 80 20 rule and everything. Like, you know, mm. 80% of the results come from 20% of things, which is true yeah. in every area of life, really. So
1: yeah. I agree. Can you just tell me how many products you are selling now on space goods, actually?
0: We have two primary products, which are Mm -hmm. Rainbow Dust and Dream Dust. Um, Dream Dust, I mentioned, is going to be pivoted slightly in the next few months. But then we have a bunch of accessories, but I don't really, they are SKUs and products, but I don't really consider them like main products because they're more just subscription freebies and so on. But primarily two products, day and night. So it's very focused, very simple. And only one flavor in each right now. We do have new flavors coming soon. But yeah, not just yet
1: yeah and i wanted to tell me actually what is in rainbow dust because i realized i haven't actually touched on that yet and can you tell me what's in it
0: you're going to you know? test my, my memory now i don't know all the ingredients We've got <laughs> my, my own, and cordyceps, so three different functional mushrooms got ashwagandha maca roots rhodiola reserve vitamin b5 and coffee extracts i've just okay. tested myself so i do know what's in my own product and cocoa powder which we're actually pivoting to cacao powder because that's a better a better functional ingredient but we haven't done that yet so okay. eight ingredients in there. Um and yeah, like I said, I used to stack all these ingredients. I would literally buy them individually and just put them in a blend, which became mm-hmm. like rainbow dust sample number one. And then I decided to put it into a chocolate drink. because a lot of people as well think that it's gonna taste like shit, because yeah. a lot of other brands do, including our biggest competitor in the UK, who I won't name. Um, I
1: think I think we know, right?
0: Or dirty, yeah. yeah. So there we go. Yeah.
1: Um
0: their product doesn't taste as nice but i mean they've gone after a slightly different part of the market i think to be fair and Mm -hmm. they have they offer a lot of ingredients by themselves which i find quite confusing but yeah i just decided to do an all-in-one because i'm a big fan of fuel and athletic greens i'm a subscriber to both those brands and i've always loved how simple their offering is particularly athletic greens because i think even now they still only have one product which is ag1 the all-in-one like vitamin blend so yeah i just i liked that ethos i suppose rather than you know, we could have launched Lions May and Chaga, Ashwagandha, just in powder form, but I didn't. I didn't like that because, as, as the customer, I always just wanted everything all in one. Take it once a day, twice a day, whatever you prefer. But you're not, you're not sat there stacking ten different ingredients. So, like I said, I was really marketing like a feeling rather than an ingredient list. And we kind of say focus, energy, calm is what I've always said is like the primary pillars of Rainbow Dust, which is basically coffee without the anxiety. But focus, energy, calm sounds a bit more to the point.
1: I'm glad you know the ingredients that's in it because that's actually, I think that's pretty a key. Good so. yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So the approach you're taking, yeah, going back to a bit of like the marketing side of things now. Um, I know that you're doing like interviews like on the streets and stuff like that. Not you personally, but the marketing strategy and everything. Would you say that that is really like working in terms of just getting the name out there and boosting your following? Because how many followers are you on now on Instagram? It's 30,000, right?
0: Something like that. But followers are such a vanity metric that yeah. I almost don't care. And the reason I say that is because I've seen the, the algorithm change over the years. So when I had Neon Beach, we had 500,000 followers in the first six months and we were getting half a million organic reach on every post. It was just ridiculous because that product was designed for Instagram. It was perfect. And it was also during the e-commerce COVID boom and the algorithm was so different. I just really don't care about follow follower count now. Honestly, I know brands that are doing nine figures in revenue that have less than 10,000 followers and then vice versa. You can have a brand that's got a million followers that does nothing in revenue. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely a vanity metric. I mean, it's one thing to bear in mind, I suppose. It is a KPI, but I really don't care about followers. So yeah, we've got like 33,000 or something. I don't know.
1: Okay, but I I was thinking looking from the outside, it's actually you've grown quite significantly in a short amount of time, which is really... yeah.
0: i guess relatively um Mm. but like i said i I care more about sales than than followers Mm. so
1: yeah i mean that's good you're one of many things yeah you're focusing your energy in the right place and you're predominantly marketing to the uk now right
0: yeah so we only marketed to the uk for like the first year in the past few months we've been marketing in europe as well so like germany and netherlands are our top two countries outside the uk um but on a smaller scale to the uk we're still pretty uk focused because like i said i think we could 10x what we're doing in the uk or at least 5x probably um and we haven't spent a penny outside of europe yet so like in america america is the obvious big one but we're not touching that yet We've, we've yeah. that's in the pipeline
1: i have yeah. a feeling that it would do really well in america just because some of the brands i see are very like like you get like they're colorful and they're, they have more of like I don't know, this character about them. Whereas maybe more, maybe I'm thinking more like in Scandinavia, for example, in Sweden, you would, yeah. well, you'd really stand out because everywhere's beige, everything's beige here. So yeah. I don't know if you're ever going to tap into and, like and that.
0: Yeah. yeah, I suppose I so. Yeah, it's, it's just a focus thing. Yeah. I think when you're launching a new brand, you're, you're better off just doubling down and one key market, in particular as a UK business in the UK makes sense because you now yeah. all our marketing is UK, our website's English, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as we scale to the next level you start to localize it. I mean we've got a warehouse in in, in the in the Netherlands now as well so we can fulfill mm. locally in Europe etc.
1: Okay, cool. But
0: it's a lot um, of admin.
1: Yeah, I mean I can imagine you're the founder right so your main role is admin.
0: <laughs> or it feels like that. Yeah, everything <laughs> and nothing.
1: Can you just briefly tell me about TikTok and why that maybe hasn't worked or why you're not focusing a lot of energy over there because I think a lot of people uh within marketing and starting a wellness brand they automatically think okay we need to put so much into tiktok maybe they choose that overpaid advertising but you obviously haven't so what's the success been like yeah. with TikTok?
0: well i think with every channel there's two things there's organic and then there's paid organic is always going to be more hit and miss because it depends if, if a video a picture whatever hits the algorithm i mean in the past you could go viral on instagram organically it doesn't happen anymore tiktok you can still go viral organically we've had a few videos go viral get like two million plus views that definitely drove a lot of traffic and sales and i was like oh wow that's you know it's free marketing i just haven't i don't think any brand can be super consistent with with virality organically because you're just at the mercy of the algorithm but it can still definitely slap as like an extra channel um however we've just not been consistent with it i don't don't know if we've been shadow banned or what because one of our videos that went viral was talking about psychedelics and ever since then, I swear we've had like 200 views per video and it's just it's been impossible. We also run paid on TikTok, but it's like less than 10% of Instagram spend. Okay. So just as a channel, we just haven't cracked it yet. And it's one thing, I'm con- keeps me up at night thinking about TikTok. Um, because we just <laughs> haven't cracked it. And I know we need to crack it. Well, at least I think we should crack it because Instagram isn't everything. And I'd like to be a bit more diversified, I suppose. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um but i'm mm-hmm. still working on it and then stuff like influences we haven't touched at all yet but again it's a focus thing you know there's only so many channels you can do at the same time and do properly mm-hmm.
1: so wait so you haven't even done you haven't done like gifting or influencers we've done in gifting yet?
0: yeah we've, we've done like a bit of gifting right. just we, but, we haven't spent any money on it though okay really.
1: so you've not set up paid collaborations or brand ambassadors affiliates yet
0: no i haven't done any of that
1: Okay, I'm actually really just another
0: thing. Just scares me the amount of stuff we could do and probably should be doing, but I just don't have (laughs) not enough hours in the day.
1: Okay, no, I'm actually shocked. So the majority of your content now it's UGC, organic, and paid. Yeah. Right. So none of it's actually like influencers, ambassadors, affiliates. Okay. What are your thoughts on that? Like, when are you gonna? Do you have an idea of when you want to start like setting up like an affiliate um scheme or something?
0: yeah i mean influencers on tiktok are like the two marketing channels i'd like to focus a bit more on but mm-hmm. again it's a fo- it's a focus thing as i keep saying like instagram's working so we kind of just double down on that yeah influencer market and i have quite a bit of experience with from like previous brands and i've only ever had bad experiences with it to be honest like working right. with bigger influencers like paying per post i think those days are gone maybe maybe tiktok youtube influencers could work pretty well um It's just, it's a bit more of a minefield. The reason I love paid ads so much is because we know, you know, from day one, you can spend a hundred pounds on day one and just, you know, double up from there. And now we spend like five grand a day on Instagram or something um, and growing. Wow. But it's way more predictable and it's way more consistent. Um, I'm sure influencer marketing could be consistent and predictable if we built a good system and nailed it, but we just haven't done that yet. So, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say we've cracked everything because we definitely haven't. And I'm sure there's loads of brands that have. So, (laughs)
1: you're always like um play yourself down or something i'm like no it's all good it's going well um but that's really cool that that's exciting though how well you've done up to now and you've not even you've not even tapped into the influencer space you've not even like done paid collabs so i think that's actually really really exciting i mean yeah exactly so
0: there's a lot of stuff we haven't done yet so if we nailed it we would definitely help us scale for sure it's not like we've cracked everything and we're still stuck at the same level or whatever
1: exactly okay cool so yeah you're seeing the most success right now from paid ads right and your main platform is instagram and you're a bit on tiktok yeah
0: exactly yeah and a bit of google which is standard but mainly instagram
1: Yeah and have you ever like made any mistake in terms of like your marketing messaging whether it's like you've said something and not lived up to it and have anything backlash because I think that can easily happen in the health and wellness space so I wonder if it has has ever happened. Yeah a few
0: things come to mind the first thing is in the first month the website was speaking about microdosing and psychedelics a lot because that was my that was what I thought was a more exciting unique angle rather than just coffee replacement. Mm -hmm. but our instagram account got disabled three times as a result which was incredibly stressful because it's just turning off your main market thing i remember being so feeling sick with stress we're trying to get my instagram account back i was like hold on i'm just gonna get banned every week but then i just i removed all that messaging which was a bit frustrating because i wanted the brand to talk about that and be a bit of a thought leader but yeah we just had to remove it because it's not compliant etc so that was a huge one ever since we've removed that we've been fine Um, I guess another big mistake was when I launched version one of the products, it's still called version one now, but we have technically improved it. It had sucralose in it, which is an artificial sweetener, which was just a mistake on my behalf because we were saying all natural ingredients. And I think the consumers in this space definitely want all natural ingredients in general, but especially when your website says it, whereas we had arguably a very unhealthy natural, well, non-natural sweetener, which is sucralose, which like almost every energy drink, a lot, a lot of different supplements have it because it tastes really good but yeah i replaced that with stevia which is a natural alternative which doesn't taste as good basically but it is natural so there was there was quite a lot of backlash when we had sucralose in the product which was just my mistake because i was i was the one doing all most of the product development working with this lab we used but like you know i made that decision which is just an oversight mm-hmm. but then we switched it which which solved most problems but then a few people start complaining that it's not sweet enough so you can't please everyone um yeah but yeah, it's been stevia ever since like the first month when we had the first batch. So that was probably a big, a big fuck up. Yeah. Other than that, there's not been anything particularly huge. I've kept things simple and intentionally quite smooth with like supply chain. Like, we've never sold out because we've, we're primarily one product to start with. We've nearly sold out a few times, but which would be a big problem because we're a sub- subscription heavy business. Um, but yeah, I've learned a lot from my previous businesses and mistakes. So it's been a relatively smooth ride to be fair to this point, all things considered. But I'm sure there'll be some more fuck ups along the way.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, um, this is your first like brand within health and wellness space, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm completely so... completely making up as I go along, basically, learning as I go. Yeah. On.
1: And I think that's tough because as you said, consumers are so becoming like even more aware as to what's in everything that they're like consuming and they're eating and drinking nowadays so i think when it comes to marketing messaging and stuff like that you have to like be careful and be honest so it's good that you made that mistake in the early days and then kind of yeah got yourself out of it and like yeah Yeah. so that's good um but i want to know what is health and wellness to you personally
0: Never answered that question before. Um, what is health and wellness? I think it's probably looking after a few different pillars in your life, which may be probably rather cliche, but like health, wealth, love and happiness, I suppose. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, I think they're all important. Um, mm. Maybe the first three lead to the last one. Um, yeah, mm. it's a bit cringe and cliche, isn't it? But I think there's no point building a business and trying to make loads of money if you're five stone overweight and chain smoking which maybe some stereotypical business types are but but to the same extent there's no point being in great shape if you a can't pay your bills or b don't enjoy what you do Mm -hmm. or don't enjoy who you're doing it with and i also think there's a bit of a misconception that you have to enjoy everything you do but i think if you net enjoy what you do then it's probably worthwhile. As in like 90% could be shit. But if the 10% that's that makes it worthwhile overrides that 90%, which is very challenging and stressful, i.e., running a business, then it's probably worth doing. Um mm. so yeah, I definitely don't have all those areas locked down, but it's a pursuit, I suppose. Um yeah. So I think, yeah, probably that's what wellness is, I would say. Mm. Um, it's trying to cover all those areas in, in 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 whatever fashion is most relevant to you. Doesn't mean yeah. everyone's gonna be running 100 miles a week and like super shredded it could just be as simple as drinking less alcohol or something or whatever it is for whoever so
1: yeah and what would you say your percentage your percentages like in terms of enjoying the process of space goods and then feeling like oh my god this is horrible like i'd probably
0: say it's like 80 percent horrible (laughs) honestly (laughs)
1: that's funny okay (laughs)
0: <laughs> so I, I don't know if I'm just not a very, don't enjoy a lot of stuff in general or if that's just the reality of running a mm-hmm. startup, which I've been doing for like the past, well, I've been an entrepreneur for like the past seven years nearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's 80% miserable, but it's definitely 80% hard, I think.
1: Okay, but then the 20% must be really, really worth it because you've been in this, did you say seven years or nine,
0: seven? So seven? I've been doing e-commerce about seven e- years. Exactly. Yeah, and if stuff. it's...
1: Eight most of it has been like 80% like not good then the 20% must be really good or
0: yeah I mean well I think it's worthwhile um right I think in, in life you basically have to choose your suffering this is probably getting yes. a bit philosophical but <laughs> in, in many ways I mean you can either choose I mean like this again going down a cliche rabbit hole here but it's like discipline or or or, or regret um it, either one's going to be painful so you either whether that's with your, you know, your business or with health or whatever, but you're going to pay the price for either enjoying yourself too much or being hedonistic towards life. And just, for for example, I don't know, I could go and sit on a beach for a few years and do nothing, but I might not have much to show for it at the end of that time period. And it mm-hmm. might have felt really nice in, in the moment, but then what have I created for for my future self and what impact have I had? I don't know. Whereas building a business, arguably the hardest thing you could possibly do um in terms of work but then at the end of it maybe you've built something you either built a cool lifestyle or at least a a good business you've hopefully had some sort of positive impact on an industry i don't know maybe i've become rather philosophical in my what feels like old age
1: old age i don't think so And i was gonna ask what is the mission that you're on in space goods are you thinking of it like long term is there like a mission that you're trying to like do you have like a mission statement i guess
0: yeah we've kind of flowed around with a few i think one mm-hmm. we've settled on recently is is to, to help people unlock their potential through the power of better health i think the, the second part's a bit cliche I, the first part is what i've always ran with kind of just to unlock people's potential really um mm-hmm. That's kind of what the brand is all about. Like it's it's very aspirational. Like, you know, we have these mugs that say the creative pursuit of a greater self, which is this quote I came this well slogan I came up with, which again is very cringe, but it's like intentionally a bit cringe, but it's also very, I think, powerful Mm -hmm. and true. Um yeah, the whole brand is really about helping people feel their best to do their best work or do their best living i guess that's kind of the whole message um that's why all our marketing is very bright and i've made like i don't know if you've seen these like 80s movies we made to launch each product I don't uh-huh. know if you watch those they're arguably very pointless because we don't even run ads to them i just made them because it was fun that was probably the 20 percent of stuff i really enjoy um but yeah the first movie was called nothing exists Until so you create it and again like this super like utopian 80s movie style slogan But I think it's, yeah, that's what the brand is all about, really. Um, Encouraging people to be their best self, whatever that means, I suppose. Um, And again, it's a bit cliche, but I also think it's very powerful and true and probably needed in this day and age when everyone is becoming just like bots sat on their phones, scrolling, looking at other people living their life instead of building something for themselves. Exactly.
1: I think it's really, it's a really nice message to be spreading. And in terms of these like movies that you made and stuff, this, I guess that making these movies is your way of being creative, right? Because as a founder, I guess most of the stuff that you do isn't actually serving your creativity. And I did hear no, you mention it on, on a podcast. A that you, yeah, you are like a very creative person. I heard you mention it on your podcast. So, it are creating these movies and stuff away from you, like that outlet kind of
0: yeah definitely I think I've always deep down wanted to be a movie director so I'm probably using the brand as an excuse to because <laughs> in the first film I, I wasn't in it I just like came up with the idea then the second movie we made I was I was literally in the movie which is probably just the most ridiculous thing I found <laughs> I've ever done I drove a, a DMC DeLorean which is a 1983 back to the future vintage car through mm. London at midnight yeah it was was very fun but um that's cool yeah I suppose it is because like when you start the brand it's super creative and like you come up with a product and it's like alchemy I always say entrepreneurship is like alchemy because you literally turn nothing into something and then it gets into the hands of like tens of thousands of people or whatever which is kind of cool from the result of lots of work obviously but it's still cool but then as you go on it just gets more and more admin I suppose it's a lot of shit to deal with every day build a team and kind of lose lose the time you used to spend on what actually got the business going in the first place which was generally the more well for me at least the more creative shit Mm -hmm. but sadly you can't you know well maybe I could at some point but I can't can't be sat there making movies all day every day because it probably won't move the needle very much yeah Yeah.
1: is there anything you do like try to do now in the day-to-day to to kind of fuel your like creativity so that you're not completely kind of burning yourself out
0: it's a good question that i probably should do more um Mm. maybe the podcast i do every week is a bit of an outlook it's like free therapy Mm. on a screen because i just talk about shit and people seem to watch it but yeah i I probably like to do more content maybe get involved in more content side of stuff um i mean i do the podcast anyway but maybe there's like some stuff we can do with the brand maybe have like a cross collaboration with the podcast and the brand i don't know Figuring out ways to justify making more movies that actually make sense for the business. Um yeah, I'm still I'm still very involved in like product stuff. I do all the product development myself. Um, I design all the products, the website, I design all myself. We're doing it we're launching a new website next month that I've been involved in. Um yeah basically everything you see like visually i I did myself to some extent Mm. i mean i I don't make the videos or anything but like the actual brand the color scheme you know all that shit
1: um okay so tell me uh just quickly i know that you have like a real commerce course right so now it's like the outro so you can like plug yourself now what is this course that you have that you sell
0: yeah it's (laughs) called real commerce um i made it like 18 months ago and i've mm-hmm. feels like slightly outdated now but i'm updating it at the minute um yeah. basically loads of people used to just ask me like oh you, you've built brands and shit like how do i just zero to one i don't know what the fuck i'm doing and i didn't really see anyone else in the space that was offering that information i guess the beauty of a course is it's like consulting on mass because i don't have to be there because it'd be impossible to teach hundreds of people at the same time mm-hmm. but if you put it into into a course like i did it you know it, it can serve way more people so yeah, it's basically zero to one exactly how I would go about launching a brand. And I think the interesting thing with me and my personal brand, which I never intended to have, by the way, it just seems to have happened, um, is that I've quite literally documented the process of doing exactly what I would teach in that course myself with my own brand. Because, and I don't think anyone else has ever done it. I don't know. Certainly not in the e-commerce space. Like literally documented from week from day one, launching a brand every week. So you know, all, all the the proof is in the pudding. Like I've documented it from week one up until now
1: and then your so, yeah. podcast is the midnight pod and it's the midnight
0: Day. pod yeah, yeah and i guess there's two There's two parts to that um there's like when i interview guests we've done like 75 episodes of that and then i started the document in the journey series which is more recent which is when i launched the brand last year pretty much every week not quite every week i think i've done like 50 episodes out of about 60 weeks so about 80 i've done a document in the journey episode every week just talking about what's going on in the brand the things i'm learning doing stressing about probably way too honest I mean if you watch all I don't know 200 hours of my shit on the internet you'll probably know more about me than I do
1: I've obviously yeah I did watch a few episodes and I was like wow there's no filter so if anyone wants to listen to someone actually talk and actually be real online which I think is hard, yeah I think 99%
0: of content is too filtered and just very disingenuous and it's just like shit on LinkedIn cringes me out because it's just everyone's just trying to be this perfect persona of someone they're not to Mm. sell their products or service but I think ironically you would maybe well certainly in my case i felt like you would connect with more people and probably be, do better long term if you were just yourself yeah. if you didn't have to maintain this facade like everyone seems to do on the internet particularly like instagram as well that's just a a bucket of people lying about their life um yeah. so yeah i don't know i think that there needs to be a bit of a renaissance in terms of people just being honest about the shit they're doing
1: mm. no but i completely agree i, th- I think you're right and i th- hope that you documenting your journey you never know it might it might like influence people to also be that real and be that honest but i also think a lot of people don't have the guts to do that because it takes a lot of like throwing away your ego to actually be that kind yeah. of vulnerable or honest um online yeah.
0: so definitely, really cool.
1: definitely. Really cool okay now i've got like the ending of the podcast now which is who what why so I'm going to just ask you three questions and then I will let you go. So the first one is, who are you building your business for?
0: The 12-year-old version of me, probably, I would say. That's who I'm building it for.
1: Okay, but why? What was what was he doing?
0: He probably just wanted to do something great with his life. And maybe this vehicle, I feel like this business gives me the potential to hopefully do something great. And, and by that, I mean... Build as as big and as impactful a, a business as possible, and I think the space that it's in, especially with the psychedelic interest longer term, that's what I'm really passionate about. Mm. I, you know, I think it's the perfect. There's a Japanese saying, ikigai, guy." I think that's how you say it. And if you heard yeah. it that before, it's like the combination of what the world needs, what you can be paid for, and what you enjoy or something. And I feel like this 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 business and market is definitely that for me, probably to the most realistic extent that anything could be um so yeah like i think if you can build a a big business make money have an impact have happy customers hopefully change the narrative around certain things in the world like psychedelics and wellness in general then you can't really ask for more can you that's why i want to build a really big business as well it's not just like a selfish reason it's like the, the, the bigger the business the more people it can impact my 12 year old self probably wanted to do something yeah. that was positive for the world
1: what is something you hope to achieve in the next three years anything
0: I would, yeah well maybe bring some sort of psilocybin version of a product to market mm. i assume that'll probably be in a very restrictive sense like maybe we could launch it in amsterdam i don't know i think the only way that psilocybin is going to become like d2c is probably going to be through prescription and like you have to you yeah. you have to have like i don't know a prescription to buy it online similar to like Hims and hers I don't know if you've seen them like massive telehealth business it's less d2c supplements it's more online pharmacy um so yeah i mean I, I have no idea how i'm going to do that yet by the way but that would be a cool thing to do
1: why don't you feel satisfied with where you're at now and i'm asking this because i listened to your podcast about it and you were like i never know if the grass is greener on the other side or something so yeah why don't you now obviously you're building this big business Is because is it because you want to get to an end goal or
0: i think it's, it's a few reasons um i think firstly my personality is that i'll probably never be satisfied where i am and I probably my mind will trick me into thinking the grass is greener somewhere else <laughs> whether that's mm-hmm. another place another person another business but then also because in the past i've built a bigger business to where i am right now because i've launched this in the past year but you know in terms of numbers I was doing bigger numbers three years ago with my previous business I mean, that was much more developed at the time than, than this is. I've been working on it longer, but so I suppose, that, yeah, in a way I've been corrupted by big numbers. I saw in my early twenties, I guess on a screen. Um, even though I think what I'm doing now is way cooler than jewelry or neon signs. Um, it's not, it's technically not as big yet. So I'll probably be pissed off with myself until I surpass that, which I think will happen in the next year for sure. Um, but that's the honest answer, really, is that I, I I don't consider myself successful at all because, and I have a lot of very successful friends, which is a great thing, but it also sometimes makes me feel like a useless piece of shit that isn't really doing much in my life yet. And I do gen- generally feel like that a lot of the time. But I probably just have very, very, very high standards for myself. Um, mm. I don't know. And if there's someone doing better than me in a similar vertical, then that probably annoys me. Yeah. Um, Okay. Not because I I don't not because I'm I don't want them to do well. It's probably because I want to do better. I want everyone to do well, but I want to do the best. Right? That's probably mm-hmm. like probably the the chip on every founder's shoulder to some extent.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it, and it sounds like you're very competitive. And what when you say like okay, success? You have loads of successful friends. What is what what is success?
0: Well, I think success is this is another fucking cliche phrase, but it's very accurate. Is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal, which in, in plain English means if you're achieving over time what you chose to achieve then that's success so if you want to be a school teacher and you're not a school teacher yet and you become a school teacher that's success I think there's a strange narrative that success is just money in a bank account but it's absolutely not and I think it's very naive and shallow for people that think that and often that's because they haven't actually experienced anything of life yet and haven't realized what they actually care about so they just jump on the bandwagon of money equals success whereas I think money is a part of success but it's for me it's success is building well it's health wealth love and happiness like i said before like that they're, they're the four pillars um so i think achieving that is success but then you have to work out how do you achieve health in your own respect how do you achieve love whether that's for people around you or, or, or what you're doing um how do you achieve happiness it's probably a combination of all those things so yeah for me i've, I've set goals with the business so if i achieve them it's success but those goals could be very different for every person that might not be anything to do with business it might be i want to spend time with my kids um so yeah i think success is achieving whatever you chose to achieve basically so setting a goal and achieving it is success right.
1: okay so you're not you're not then successful yet because you have a goal that you haven't yet achieved right
0: but i guess well yeah i guess but the goalposts will always move won't they so i get to where i want it to be next year I'll probably be where I want to be next year but then there'll be another goal because that will have been, become not like even a year ago like I'd have probably said it was success to be where the business is now
1: yeah so but, we... because
0: I've gradually got there I don't <laughs> think it's success I think oh fuck I want something else I want the next level but then I also think that's the infinite game of life
1: yeah but if, then it's you're never going to be successful then actually but if maybe
0: successful. if I felt successful I I would I wouldn't be fulfilled or satisfied because I'd have nothing to chase maybe i'm far too (laughs) wise for my age with these bloody comments
1: that's what i'm thinking that's what i'm like oh i didn't think it would go in this direction but okay cool so i'm gonna end the podcast now i'm gonna leave all of matt's details in the description everything is there your podcast space goods everything um yeah please check out the brand because yeah the branding is amazing the product is really cool and i can't wait to see yeah, what is coming from Space Good. And it was so nice to find out more about the mission and the why and everything, yeah, to do with the product and the direction you're taking it in. So thank you very, very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Wellness Marketing Podcast by your host Frida Waywell. Do not forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. I cannot thank you enough for listening, supporting the message of this podcast. Our mission is to help the best of the best wellness brands thrive and allow you to make better, more informed decisions when it comes to your health and well-being. Thank you again so much and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode.